And my special guest, Chewbacca. I didn't say sexy. I didn't do sexy. That was Chewbacca. Wait. That was not Chewbacca. Do you think Chewbacca is sexy? No. <laughs> that was not Chewbacca. That was like the worst Chewbacca I've ever heard. <laughs> Stop it. Oh my gosh. You're welcome, Taylor. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry has. Hey, I have a knock-knock joke. Are you ready? I'm ready. Knock-knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the tub. I'm dwounding. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> dwounding. Dwounding. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, guys. So, Chris, why would you start with the cheesy dad joke? Why don't you just run with it? I set you up. Today we're talking about drowning in ministry. Drown? No, not drowning in ministry. Drowning in optimism. Sure. Drowning in optimism. When we, when we fill our plates or we, we look at all the things that need to be done and we say, we're going to do all the things. And then we look up and we're like, holy crap, I can't do all the things. What do I do? Exactly. And it turns that song, Oceans, which has been one of my favorite worship songs for a number of years, it turns it into a lament instead of like a, a, a praise. You know, it's like you call me out upon the water, but there's like this bitterness that comes along with it because there's this burden with being out in the water. And then all of a sudden we start sinking and it's like, but Jesus, you called me out here. You were the one that gave me this vision. I responded. What am I doing now? Like I'm just sinking. <laughs> And that, yep. that sinking feeling is a lot of people the fall semester. I know. It, are you in the midst of the sinking right now? I am. It, it, but it's, it's, it's funny because you said what you just said. I said in my truck yesterday, I, like I was going to pick up my kids from swimming, and I turned off my radio. And I was like, God, I know this is a blessing. I know you're blessing me. But it feels like half a blessing. I need the rest of it. Can you give me the rest of this blessing? Like yesterday, not tomorrow. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> So, yeah, and I feel like a lot of us will get, we'll start the semester with these huge ideals. We'll have this vision of what we want to do. We'll start it, we'll get rolling with it, and then we're, gonna, and then we're in the middle of it and we're like, holy moly. Like, now I can't do all this. I can't do all this and everything that I was doing before. So what do we do when we get to that point? That's what I wanted to talk about today. Is there anything else you wanted to do as far as setting it up? Like, how else do we get into the, this position, Chris? I have to say clearly that it is a fruit. We mm. get into this position because it's a fruit of vision, of futuristic thinking, sometimes of strategic thinking. And then also, it could be a fruit of lack of trust as well. Because we have to save everyone. We're the ones that have to do everything, right? Mm. And sometimes there's this idea that Jesus delegates to us. Jesus doesn't delegate to us. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't. He, he partners with us, right? Yep. He allows us to be a part of his work and his mission. Um, but sometimes it feels like Jesus calls us out to the water, and then he doesn't just uh, go back in the boat. 
he goes to a different boat altogether and calls someone else out down on the water over there. And you're like, yeah, that's just good leadership. He's just going around and setting fires all over the place. It's like he is present, ever present, ever present to us. So we're not necessarily talking about the imprudent decisions where we've chosen something that wasn't through prayer or wasn't something that God asked us to do. Are we, are we talking about things that, that we look back on it? Because I look back at, like, at what got us to where we are, and, and I know that this is where God has me. Like, he wants me here on purpose. Um, he wants me out of that boat standing on the water, freaking out a little bit, you know, and reaching for him. Exactly. Yeah, our dependence on him in, in, in the authentic calling he has for us. So we're not talking about the, the, the imprudent person who takes on more than they shouldn't take. I mean, that's not God's will. I mean, how do you even figure that out? Where do you draw that line? I think that's an interesting question because when Jesus says here, I want you to share, share my love with this person or share it with this, through this program, develop this. And then we develop it, and then there's that lack of trust that might seed in and be like, well, what if Jesus doesn't show up, so i got to make sure that it's really good and programmatically this. And, and, and we start polishing something when Jesus is like, it's not that complicated. I don't know. if That's not a very good Jesus voice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's better than your Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Okay. So so I, I think that's the challenge is where 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 – because you're saying like we're doing the right thing, but we're doing it wrong, and and I'm trying to trying to say well maybe maybe a vision that comes from us instead of Christ is just as wrong as a vision that comes from Christ, but then we take it completely from Christ and it's no longer His. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that, but I mean that's a, like what you just said is one of the things that I was wrestling with. It was like, you know, were we supposed to learn? Uh, a lesson through this, you know, like, are, what are we supposed to learn through this? You know, and, and looking back, I'm like, well, are we not supposed to do that? Are we not supposed to do this? Are we not supposed to do that? Um, and, and the answer to all of that was no, 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 no. That's what you were supposed to do. All of that is what you were supposed to do. It's like, okay, great. Now what? <laughs> Cause I'm drowning. I think, I think the part is, but you were supposed to do it with me. That's what Jesus might say. It's like, I didn't just give this to you and then say, see ya. <laughs> yeah. And so the question is how? How, when, when the vision is so big that, the, you know, the, I can't even, the workers are few, but the harvest is fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were just messing around with that because you're a lot better at scripture than that. But the, uh, the work, <laughs> the be- laborers. The laborers are few, but the work is, is many. Why does it say the work is many? The harvest, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're recording earlier than we normally record, and our brains have not fully woken up, apparently. But I know each listener is better at scripture than that. So just fill in the blank. <laughs> the point is, the task is large. The task is large, and we know that the task is large, Right. And so we try and take on more because that's what helpful ministry leaders do. Yeah. But we take on so much that we don't leave an open hand because we're holding this vision, this optimism, this mission, that we don't have an open hand to reach out for Christ at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we try and do, we try and share Jesus independent of Jesus, unknowingly and good heartedly. 
yeah. that's dangerous. And that's where we start to drown. In my, uh, in my lament, you know, to pick up my kid, one of the things that came out was like, all right, God, I get it. I'm small. I can't do anything without you. I can't do this without you. And then it was like, oh, wait, no, not just that. I can't do anything without you. It's not just I can't do this without you. I can't do anything without you. It's like, okay, okay, I get it. I learned my lesson. Now fix it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's like, that's not, I mean, anyway, that's, that's not exactly how this works, you know. But, but there was that the, moment uh, where you're like, oh, God, I need help with this. And you're pointing to a specific thing. And then you slowly took a step back and you're like, oh, no, I need help with everything. <laughs> yep. Right? And there's this yep. whole dependence on God. And maybe that's the solution. But, uh, but the question is how? How when you've been given a task, when you've said yes to stepping out upon the water, just, just like Peter, and then you start sinking and you're scared, right? And you're like, but Jesus called me here. Why am I scared? And, and you're sinking and you feel like you're doing something wrong or you're failing. And you're like, but Jesus called me here. And so how do we take comfort and have confidence as we are sinking? I'm going to have to take a note from the 12-step program <laughs> just one day at a time, one That's... task you know, at a time, and, and sit down and say, okay, what are the things that I need to do? All right, Jesus, I need to do this. You're going to come with me to do this. And then the next task, Jesus, you're going to come with me, and you're, you're going to do this. You know, and we're going to do this together. And, and like, I'm going to have to do every single task like that. Otherwise, I will forget and not focus on him and drown again. Because you are not going to save the world. Amen. That is not your job. Nope. Jesus is the Savior. We are the disciple. And that's the privileged spot that I want to be in. Yep. I can't be the Savior. I, I cannot. Right? And so how do we put that in the proper order in the midst of the chaos that's coming with the fall semester for a lot of us are in a planning mode, in the midst of the gravity of the need for the gospel? Like there are people that are losing their souls, their eternal souls, to sin, to despair, to mediocrity. They lack hope. And we happen to know the solution. We have a personal relationship with the solution. And there's something that burns inside of us that makes us good ministry leaders. But that same thing creates this urgency to share the gospel in such, an, uh, such a way to where when it's not being shared in that way, we feel like we're sinking and we're letting not just others down, but also Christ down. And there's this tension that exists within us. And it almost twists us inside because we hunger so deeply that they know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is our, I mean, what are practical responses to this? Is that what you wanted to dive into next, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And okay. I, I think the first thing is it is a trust issue. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, mm. I trust in you. And I, I think we mentioned it in the podcast just recently, but when a teen graduates my program at, uh, at age 18 and I see that, okay, they stopped coming after confirmation, they popped in once or twice for an event here or there and they're clearly going to go off to college, and it looks like they're never going to go to Mass again. Mm-hmm. I need to Jesus, trust... I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Why? Yep. Because the kid is likely going to live until 85 or more, right? That's the average age. So I've had them for maybe a quarter of their life, maybe a quarter mm. of their life. And even mm. then, I've had them for four years of that one quarter of their life. And for me to be like, well, all is lost with this guy. Because he's Good, couldn't get him in these four years. He, he's going to join a fraternity and probably drink in college. And 
Well, I guess the power of the cross isn't strong enough to save him from that. Like, what? <laughs> what is going on with my mentality? Like, the work that Jesus started, he will bring to fruition. And I need to trust that because, you know, even my own brother has walked away from the church. And I'm like, today, my timeline, Jesus, says you need to bring him back to the church today. Yep. And Jesus is like, I know the hairs on his head. Please and thank you. Just calm down, Back up. Chris. Back yeah. up, please. <laughs> Back up, please. You know? Yeah. So I just, I, I like patience. So I think trust and patience are, are two pieces that we need to recognize. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I mean, trust and patience in prayer, absolutely, number one. Um, as far as, like, practical, like, how to get over the next hump, you know, like, what, like I, I've got to do something. And like I said earlier, breaking it down into smaller bite-sized chunks, you know, whatever it is that I, that needs to be done, you know, I need to see what needs to be done now and what piece of that can be done in the next 10 minutes and doing all the different things like that. The other thing is, you know, are there things that I put on my plate that I shouldn't have put on my plate or that I need to take off my plate? And that's, that's going to take discernment because again, if, if, if Jesus called you out onto the water then that's part of what he wants you to be doing right now. Right, but did Even he call you hard. Did he call you out on the water with your backpack full of stuff? <laughs> Maybe right? not. <laughs> Maybe you brought some other things into the water and you're like I'm really having a hard time swimming right now. He's like you shouldn't be swimming, you should be walking on the water. Well, but I have all this stuff that I brought onto the water with me and he's like no, mm-hmm. no, I want you to do this. And so that's true. What is yeah. it that we that we can let go of? What is it that's detracting? from our mission, from our authentic calling. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, I mean, I, we've, I feel like we've mentioned the book Essentialism before, um, but that's one that I really enjoyed the read, and it just got down to what is, what is your you know, calling? What is your gift? What are you meant to do? And do that. Don't do all this other stuff, you know, and let go of the other things pass them on to someone else. Maybe it, maybe it is a great idea. Maybe you were inspired with that idea, but you missed the part where he inspired you to give it to someone else. Exactly. And, and that's where the whole analogy of Peter, because Peter is just one person being called out on the water, right out of the boat. But we are all Peter in this analogy, which mm-hmm. means he doesn't just call Matt out. He doesn't just call Chris out. He calls all the disciples out onto the water. And we are co-workers in the vineyard. And if we're taking someone else's task, then they're not going to be as fruitful, and we're not going to be as fruitful, and we need to look at that. Where has God called me? In this moment in salvation history, that's the other thing, that you look at the bigger picture, and God is going to save, you know, and this is part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. In this moment in salvation history, what is our role? And maybe in the body of Christ, maybe we're the pinky toe. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes we think that we're the head or the hands or the heart, you know what I mean? And I'm like, eh, I think Jesus and Mary got that covered, you know. But maybe we're the pinky toe, and the pinky toe exists to find doorways in the middle of the night so you don't walk your whole body into them. <laughs> and it stinks to be the pinky toe, but it has a role. And sometimes we don't want to be the pinky toe, so we take on more than we should when we just need to have the humility to be like, okay, I'm not really good at that, Lord. And I know this person is, so I feel you calling me to share this work with them. And now yeah. this is how I'm a pinky toe. This is a hurt in the church. And now I delegate it to, to someone else on your behalf. Like, that's my role. 
man, I would love to be the one that gets to experience the fruit, but instead I'm just pointing out where the pain is. This isn't fun, but yeah. I, but it's yours. Yeah, and that's hard, you know, when when your role isn't as glamorous um, or it's not maybe what you would want it to be. And that's part of the part of the cross, I guess, through that is that um, you have to sacrifice your will, your desire, you know, your popularity or whatever it is to follow where God wants you to go. And I think about that for you, Matt, because uh, 10 years ago, you were the youth minister guy, right? Yep. You were the one in the midst of it. You were sitting here brainstorming at this time of year. What's the coolest icebreaker? What's the coolest T-shirt design? And you haven't had those type of conversations in five or six years, Yep. right? You yeah. are in a place where you empower others at the Ablaze Ministries team and are making sure that others can launch. And that's where God has called you right now. Absolutely. And, and there's part of me that wonders if you're like, I would just love to sit down with a small group and do that that first youth group night of questions where you're like, mm. if, you, if you had a million dollars and you had to spend it, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just those simple questions. But there's something about that 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 you don't get to see as much and experience it because you're at a different stage in the strategy of sharing the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm where God wants me to be. Um, and I still get to do some of that stuff. I still get to get in my hands dirty and I've got, you know, small group stuff that I, that I love to, to participate in. I've got a small group of guys, different things like that. My ministry definitely looks different. And I think that that's the natural progression. You know, the, I was, I, I think when I was talking, when I had Wesley on the podcast last week, one of the things I, I said was as a beginning youth minister, you're going to have fewer tasks or fewer things on your plate than as you get older or more experienced in ministry. You know, one of the things you're going to have on your plate more as you get more experienced in ministry is other parishes wanting you to be a part of their parish. So, you know, other parishes wanting you to share your wisdom with them. Sure. You know, a year, a year one or year two youth minister isn't there. I mean, is unlikely that they're going to be called upon to share their wisdom um, and train another parish's team. But year five, year six... You know, they've got some wisdom to share. Um, and so that that changes kind of the expectations of, of the minister as they get older. They, they need to be spending more time, like, investing in more people. But year one, year two minister, if you're that, that minister out there, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like <laughs> the world is crashing down and the weight of the gospel is on your shoulders, and, it, and it's hard. So I think everyone everyone's sinking equally. Right. <laughs> We're all just sinking with different things on our backs or different things in the water. Exactly. Everyone's sinking <laughs> equally. So we're all in this together. Um, <laughs> we're all in this with Jesus. But it's hard because right now, the five alarm fire in my world, five years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, that's what I was stressed about. That's what I was burdened about. Mm -hmm. And beyond time, Jesus is looking at me being like, why are you so worried about this? Like... I conquer sin and death. Do you think I can't conquer this? <laughs> yeah, but we want, I mean, we want that answer now because we don't like feeling this way. Because it hurts to know that maybe I'm not carrying the gospel the way that God desires me to carry the gospel. And even if we are, sometimes it doesn't feel like that, you know? Yeah. And I need applesauce. I don't want the the meaty stuff, you know, when you were a child, you ate like a child, and it's like... I. Just can I please have applesauce and also could you put cinnamon on top of it so even the applesauce tastes better, Lord Jesus? That's what I need right now. I'm drowning, you know. Um, 
uh, faith like a child, but leadership like a uh, a disciple. Yeah, and it's hard because I, you know, I don't know if other people wrestle with the same sort of thing, but I know that periodically when I get into situations like this, I I start to think, oh man, the grass looks a lot greener on the other side over there. You know, I could not work in the church, I could not do ministry, and I could be a, a computer science guy behind the desk. You know, just plug it away and be done when I go at five o'clock and go home. You know, that sounds a whole heck of a lot easier, you know? On a number of levels, because you and Wesley talked about that last week, about how the demands of ministry follow you wherever you go. Meanwhile, she's getting called to give uh, give birth to help people <laughs> to deliver Every babies. Night she's giving birth. Every night she's giving birth. <laughs> having babies left and right. So there is that appeal, and I think that is a dangerous... Uh, form of despair that can enter into ministry leaders to be like, well, fine, I didn't do it perfectly, so I'm going to walk, I'm going to step. Or what I see more often is, well, then I'm just going to go back to what I know. So God calls us to a deeper vision, a more dynamic vision, right? And then we drown because of our optimism, right? We can do this, we can do this. And then it's like, there's no way that we can do this. The the kickoff is in two weeks or the retreat is in 24 hours. How are we going to pull this off? Well, let's just go back to what we know. This last year we did this and it was safe and it, it was it worked pretty well, so let's just be safe. And I think God still calls us to take risks. I think mm-hmm. he still calls us to push it forward. And I think that there is grace in that uncomfortability. But it's hard to sit in that uncomfortability as well. Yep. And so how how do we do it? Just because I'm uncomfortable doesn't mean that I'm holding on to something that I need to let go of. But if I'm holding on to something that I need to let go of, it nece- necessarily means that I'm also uncomfortable. How do we discern that? Lots of questions today, y'all. I hope everyone's <laughs> as uncomfortable as we are because, um, yeah, it's a big but task. Being, like being uncomfortable, you know, and recognizing that you're uncomfortable and having those tough conversations with God, like, like asking him seriously, why? Like, why am I here? Like, why do you have me in this place? And that, and that can be your prayer. That should be your prayer. Um, being open and honest with God, like making sure that he knows that you're frustrated. I mean, he knows you're frustrated before you say anything. Right. But you recognizing that you're frustrated with God is actually a good thing for you to realize in prayer, if that's where you are. Right. Yeah. He's still our father. We're still his children. And that's the primary relationship. He is not a taskmaster, not a delegator, not someone who's like, hey, I need help saving souls. Like... These souls aren't going to get saved without you, buddy. You know, and I'm like... These souls aren't going to save themselves. See, that was a much better Jesus. Much better. A good, good impression. Um, it, it, and so how, how, do we, how do we reconcile that? And I don't know if, um, if we sometimes even have the, the vision to be able to look up because we're looking down at the tasks. Mm, and we mm-hmm. lose the forest for the sake of the trees. But sometimes those trees have names and we love them. And we love them dearly. And I, I think that God is honored sometimes when we get uh, that tunnel vision because we're chasing after the one and forsaking the 99. But the 99 are still going to show up on our first night or our first <laughs> session. And we have to have something prepared for them as well. And that tension is real. So we need your guys' thoughts, your feedback, because um, we were definitely naming the problem, but that's different than solving the problem. But again, Christ, all, be, all things be to Christ, I believe that he has a solution. And I think it's specific to each of our needs, each of our ministries, um, and each of our callings. Uh, but we need to hear, hear back from you. 
We want to know, how do you deal with this tension, this reality? Again, it's the things that we're called to, not when we take too much on our plate because of imprudence or lack of discernment, but when that vision that God has given us, which is great and amazing, all of a sudden becomes a burden instead of a blessing. How do you navigate? Yeah, and and do you have someone to talk to about this? Um, Is there someone that you can trust and say, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I need to bounce this off of you. You know, am I doing what God asked me to do? Have I taken on too much? Is there something here that I can let go of? Um, if you guys, I mean, not that Chris and I would necessarily be able to give insight into everything that everybody's going through, but if you if you really want to bounce an idea off of us, email us at mla at ablazeyouth.org. Yeah, and uh, and share it on uh, on our Facebook group. That's another gr- great another grut another grut way to do it. Another great way to do it. There have been a couple of sharings just recently talking about a planning for the fall semester. How do we move forward with that? And just leaning on each other. I think that it's important that you move forward with a tribe because we're all out of the boat together. And that stepping out of the boat takes a risk. And unfortunately, in the world of ministry, there's a lot of ministry leaders that haven't stepped out of the boat or who have stepped back in. That's what I think is it. They've stepped back into the boat because it feels more comfortable and it feels more safe. And I Mm -hmm. think about that in youth ministry in the last 10, 15 years, it's shifted from just more of a catechetical model, right? Let's have fun and let's get get them their sacraments and let's uh, build a group to a discipling model. So let's let's instill in them a sense of mission, a sense of purpose, and take them to the ends of the earth. And uh, there's still some ministers out there that I see that are back in that just regular catechetical model, which is good. It's just incomplete without the sense of mission, right? Yep. And so how do we, with other ministers that are stepping out of the boat, encourage each other? And that's one way. Find your tribe. Uh, search. What do they do? Just Ministry Leaders Anonymous? Yeah. On, on Facebook. Yeah. Find Absolutely. Us. So Great. You guys, we love you. And uh, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time to not drown this week and pray for other ministry leaders who feel like they are. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.